You're listening to Rosie on the House. I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell. Come on around back, Arizona homeowners. It is Rosie on the House. It's 8 o'clock hour. It's the first Saturday of the month, so we go way around back to the back 40 where we talk Arizona agriculture with the Arizona Farm Bureau. It's a $23 billion industry, and it's a newer segment to Rosie on the House. I think this is our third or fourth year, Julie, but we wanted to enhance the outdoor living hour and the first Saturday of the month, we do it with the Arizona Farm Bureau. The second Saturday of the month, we do it with certified arborist John Eisenhower. The third Saturday of the month, we've got our garden guru and expert Jay Harper. And the fourth Saturday of the month, we have urban farmer Greg Peterson in, covering all the different elements of outdoor living from uh, small backyard gardens to big agricultural production, which is what we're talking about today. And what we've done to tie this all together is we've tried to bring and cover something that's being harvested or available at your market today so as homeowners and consumers are out on their daily life they can connect you know what we're eating with the local farmers that work so hard to produce it and grow it whether it's our meats or our vegetables or today a commodity in the agriculture that really complements our last segment well if you're new to the broadcast or you you missed the seven o'clock hour not all of our radio affiliates carry our newest hour which is our seven o'clock hour we cover interesting arizona people places and things and we had a guest on talking about places to hike which is perfect for this time of the year because the weather throughout the entire state is phenomenal but it's also right in the middle of the holiday season and we have a reason to burn off a few extra calories and kevin has come here to help keep those calories coming. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we can say that. Yeah. How how many calories are in a pint of eggnog or a serving? Oh, as many as you want to add in there, because it's not just the eggnog, but it's Grandpa's cough syrup that adds calories <laughs> when you mix the two. Yeah, there's there's quite a few. I ain't gonna I ain't gonna lie about that. Hey, and we ain't we ain't trying to hide that. It, it's good, Julie. Thank you for putting all the details together for this Saturday's broadcast. Absolutely, and thanks for inviting me again, as always, Romy. It's fun uh, to announce, even though sometimes our dairy farmers right now might not be feeling that, but we actually can cite this last cycle, the USDA reports here in Arizona, that dairy is on top. It usually rotates back and forth between beef, and uh, without having the figures in front of me, though, I think cash receipts alone, that's not counting some of the other residual contributions to the industry, cash, re- cash receipts alone in dairy, it's well over $700 million, getting close to that billion-dollar mark. And there are some years that beef beats them out. So the two top commodities typically here in Arizona agriculture are always dairy and beef. And that's why we have Kevin Denzison from Denzison Dairy because... Golly gee whiz, if you haven't discovered this great milk yet, you're in trouble. And because eggnog is what we're celebrating, and we've, we're sampling it, the peppermint is what's going around. And if you caught our May's broadcast when it was National Dairy Month and we had Kevin in, you heard the great story about the Dan Size and Dairy and all the great things they do locally for our community. So we won't spend a lot of time recapping that because we got a lot to talk about eggnog here. <laughs> Yeah, eggnog's one of our uh, our you know Christmas favorites. Uh, uh, we we've actually sold as as much eggnog this year as we did all of last Christmas season. So um, it's starting to become a like a city favorite. We're 
two or three weeks into the eggnog selling season, and you've done more than you did all of last year. That's right. Yeah, and part of that is because we got some new flavors out there. This is the first year that we've done a pumpkin spice, and we also did a uh, a peppermint, and those are starting to take off a little bit. The well, peppermint is what I have fallen in love with. Oh my gosh! You're, you're nipping a little bit yep. of it right now. It, it's got to be cold, and that's the with no whiskey the added to it. <laughs> It's still early. It's still yeah, early. it's still early on a Saturday morning. You know, the one thing about the peppermint was, you know, our regular eggnog, you, sometimes with eggnog you have kind of a not very clean finish, but we made sure that we had a clean finish, but the peppermint even makes it a little bit cleaner, and uh, it, it's just a real good product. When when our people came to me and said, hey, uh, uh, we should try a peppermint, I was kind of uh, on the edge about it. Really? But when we, came, when, when we put it all together, I, I'm, I think it's one of our best products. So, like... Not that you have to expose your trade secrets, but you say clean finish. What is it like when all of you guys are around tasting some of these new flavors you're introducing? Oh, well, the the peppermint actually did not take us too long because it's just peppermint. Like, you're not going to do too much. The pumpkin spice one actually took us quite a while. When you start getting different flavors in, you can't believe how many different pumpkin flavors and pumpkin spice flavors there are. And, and then we, we just... You know, I, I, we narrowed down to 10, and then we narrowed down to 5, and then we narrowed down to 2, and, and we kind of took an office vote. I mean, it was not, not too scientific. So are there group taste testers, and who are your favorite taste testers? Are those family members? or are there... All family members and a lot of our staff and, and the, the, the creamery, the people in the creamery. But we have one guy named Sean, and he, he's kind of the golden palate, we call him. He's a, he's a millennial. And so he's he's got the golden palette. So his his boat is worth two. I love it. And I'm sure, me just like a lot of other listeners out there, if you needed a volunteer consumer panel, I'm happy to volunteer my time. I am too. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll do it too if you for like. sure. Yeah, just... Anytime, I'm gonna make sure to put you on the list. All right. So describe the bottle first, because that's the most distinctive, distinguishing thing about y'all's brand. If a consumer's never heard of it or never seen it. You're walking through the store, you got plastic, 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 and then you've got bam, glass. Yeah, that's what differentiates us. That's what we saw here about five years ago is when we started developing these products. Was there's no recyclable milk jug on in the store. And so um, that's that's kind of what makes it all different. Everything tastes better in glass. Uh, doesn't matter what it is. That's what we figured. And so we, we started, you know, talking to stores about how this recycle program will work because these bottles are re- refillable. So when uh, you bring it back to the store, you get your deposit back. And we bring it back to the farm. We wash and sanitize and refill the bottle. That makes the, the packaging sustainable, and, and people like that part of it. But really, the best part is that it just makes things taste better, including milk. Including milk. And you know what else? Including water. When you joined us in May, you had left us with a couple samples, and I took them home and up until that point, we'd always just filled up a plastic jug of water and kept it in the refrigerator so there was always cold water. Well, there's members of my family, my kids, that won't have their icy cold water if it's not poured out of the Danheisen glass milk <laughs> oh, left over from that May broadcast because it makes it, it may be the same cold temperature, but there's something about the glass that just makes it taste better. Yeah, I mean, it does, like I said, everything tastes better in glass and you can really taste it in water. You leave a water bottle, plastic water bottle in your in your car, and it gets a little bit heated up. It tastes different in five minutes, you know. And glass, it doesn't have that. And I always say this too, like, you know, the milk. If you leave a little bit of milk on the bottom of a plastic jug, nobody, my family, nobody ever drinks uh-uh. that. 
But in the glass bottle, that little bit, it still tastes the same as the top part did. And that's it just shows you that that glass doesn't, doesn't it just doesn't change the t- flavor at all. And if you're buying Danheisen products for the first time, you can't tell on the front what it is. You've got to know by the color cap or looking at the very middle about what the specific product is. And you warned me about this because you said, now, that one's half and half. That's not milk, which I was just about to open and take a swig of. <laughs> you read the top. So if, if it's got the brand, uh, the Danheisen dairy name on the top, and right in the middle, peppermint eggnog on a quart. So make sure you look at the label for what you're reading. And we've got three eggnog products, the traditional eggnog, the peppermint, and the pumpkin spice. Yes, and th- th- those are the only products that we actually do have a tag on. So the tag does because we noticed last year that a lot of people uh, didn't know that this was eggnog. They thought it was milk, and even though it'd be next to all the other eggnog products, they didn't. It was because of that issue they didn't know to look on the top, so we put the tags. So we're looking to put tags on more of the products. So you'll know what it is. But even in your process, talk a little bit about that. Some of the equipment that you use. Yeah. So when we first looked at doing this, the, the glass bottles are obviously old time you know it brings people back when their milk was delivered but not only that if they go to our 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 creamery we call it it's all equipment from the 30s 40s and 50s that we found from all over the country i mean i think there's there's eight different states represented in that in the creamery and and uh, we refurbished it the the biggest piece of machinery that was hard to find was the glass bottle washer Um, they just don't make those anymore and so we found the glass the bottle washer is actually in the back of a dairy in pennsylvania it was all full of rust and and weeds and we took it all apart clean it all up and put it back together haul it into arizona in the spot that it's in now and hopefully it'll be there for generations to come just cleaning bottles over and over again you might mention it but i think it's on your website how people can recycle the bottles once they've used your product yeah i mentioned it a little bit early but you bring it back to the store and the store every store has the capability of taking giving the deposit back at the cashier so you can only have to go to customer service or anything they have the ability to just give you that deposit right there right there at the cashier so you don't it doesn't take the person anymore. that checks you out yeah yeah Great. so and every store that carries our milk um they, they have the ability to do that and what stores are those I, I don't know of any that don't yet yeah no i mean pretty much every grocery store in arizona has our products and even a few walmarts the walmarts are the only stores that don't all carry our products but if you talk about the fries and and the Albertsons and the Safeway Bashes um, and AJ's and Sprouts and Whole Foods. I mean, they they all carry yeah. our products. And and uh, I, I can't we, – we started almost exactly four years ago with zero stores. And today we're about 350. So wow. uh, it's it's been a – it's been a it's it's been a wild, wild ride, but we can't be more thankful. So we don't want to, again, force you to give away any trade secrets, but can you even at least give us some hints of some of the other flavors you might be working on? Because I know you're always experimenting, right? Well, I, I don't, if, you, if, if you remember last time, Rosie was on me about buttermilk, so we've been, we've been kind of exploring that, that deal, whole buttermilk. I mean, we have that to have the whole, so it's got to awesome. be the real thing. We're looking at some coffee creamers. Um, okay. We're looking at doing the... Some some possible ice cream and, and and we do actually do a soft serve ice cream that we do milkshakes at Chase Field when the D backs and the Cardinals games and stuff like that. Join with Julie Murphy of the Arizona Farm Bureau and Kevin Dansizen of the Dansizen Dairy here in the Outdoor Living Hour of Rosie on the House first Saturday of the month and uh, we always try and tie in a 
agricultural commodity product that matches in with uh, whatever consumers can find on the shelf in real time. And we've got the Prescott Parade followed by the courthouse lighting today, kicking off Christmas on Arizona's Christmas weekend. What better product to talk about than eggnog? And what better than bringing in someone locally who makes it? We'll talk about the contents. What What is the nog and egg? It's a milk-based product. Where's the milk? We'll talk about the ingredients of eggnog here right after this. Tell me who, who spiked the eggnog? I know the culprit's here. Who, who brought the booze to the Christmas party this year? All right, Kevin, I kind of built you up, and I didn't mean to do it on purpose, but we've got the whole listening audience on the edge of their seat wanting to know what is the nog in the egg. <laughs> well, it's not really that complicated, really. It's just milk and cream, and we use, we use powdered eggs, and then we have a, a special blend of spices, and that's about all it is. Yeah, I mean, we have... It's it, normal normal whole milk in Arizona standardized at three point two five percent butter fat. This is about six and a half percent butter fat. It's so, the holidays. It's okay, <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of that. It, that's what gives it that that real f- flavor, that butter fat taste. And at what percent of thickness is it? You can actually start spreading it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you leave it in the sun long enough, you know. But no, it's. It's it's pretty thick. It's it'll leave a coat on the on your glass after you're done with it for sure. How long does that take to blend? I mean, you've still got to milk it, then you've got the creaming process and uh, adding the eggs. Is there a curing time that you've got to let it sit or age in oak barrels somewhere? Well, no, we we actually age it in in the glass. So the mixing part doesn't take that long, but the real flavor doesn't happen for about three or four days later after we sit it in the cooler. We keep it in the cooler about 34 degrees, 35 degrees. And that's where that's where the blends and the spices start really making it all come together. So you'll keep it in a refrigerated storage until it's yeah. shipped for three to four days. Yeah, and one of the biggest things that we do is we make sure that as soon as a cow's milked, we get the milk cold. So 36, 37 degrees. And during the mixing process, during the separation process, during that whole process, it's always that cold. In Arizona, that's kind of a tough task. When it's, and so I'm glad we have eggnog during Christmas season here, not in July. And then you've got your peppermint brand. You, you'd mentioned that one's easy. You just drop a percentage of peppermint in there. The pumpkin one, you said there's a lot of additional spices that came into it. Pumpkin spice, it took us about two years to get it the way we liked it. We just didn't want to throw something out there. Um, and, and I think it, it, it really took off. Like We, we have some tricks up our sleeve, uh, maybe, maybe like a bourbon flavor type. So you don't have to add add the bourbon, uh, but it won't be alcoholic. It'd just be bourbon flavor. There's that oak taste to it, and we're coming up with all kinds of things. I didn't even think we'd have the peppermint this year, and that thing kind of came together pretty quick, and I think it turned out really, really good. Well, when something's meant to be, it'll be, and it all came together perfect timing for the holiday seasons. We're, we've been passing the jug around here this morning, and Julie made the point that you know usually two or three sips of eggnog, and I, you know, I'm about done, but... Not with the peppermint. (laughs) I want to keep going. You know, pumpkin spice gets a lot of criticism. It either has people that love it or hate it because we do kind of overdo it with pumpkin spice during the holidays. But I think the Dan Sizen family is bringing the cool back into pumpkin spice. (laughs) Well, I appreciate that because I got to tell you, I ain't really a pumpkin spice kind of guy either. But uh, uh, I know know that there are people, you're, you're exactly right. It's either you're a pumpkin spice person or you're not. And it matches the season, and, it, and eggnog and pumpkin spice come together pretty good. They do. Another thing that we want to highlight, just because we're celebrating this local creativity and the uniqueness, this is Arizona-born, Arizona-bred, Arizona-created product. 
and it was your brainchild, the family's brainchild. When you think about what we're doing in the dairy industry, we just have to continue to celebrate it. Even though we're having a bit of consolidation, there are some families that there are three and four generations, even more, and a few of them are kind of going out of business. That's because the commodity, we go by hundredweight in the dairy industry. It's, um, it's actually takes more to produce milk than what you guys are making from it, but you're hanging in there. Why is that? Well, I mean, dairy farmers, especially in Arizona, are resilient. That's what I think. I mean, um, sometimes hard times make you better at what you're doing, um, but it, it is as tough as it gets. I, I read a report uh, the other day that uh, our pay price here in, in Arizona was 49 out of 50, and the other state was a real small dairy state. So um, it's it's kind of it's a reflection that there's other alternatives uh, out there that I don't think are can stand up to our product. Um, but people are choosing to drink uh, non-milk products that are disguised as milk, um, but uh, and that's that's really putting a pressure on 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 our on our markets um, because those when 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 the fluid does not get consumed, it has to go into other pipelines, and those pipelines are getting full. It goes into powder, it goes into cheese, and those pipelines are getting full, and that uh, and and then you add the trade things, challenges challenges that are that going are on, going on um, because a lot of the powder gets uh, exported. Um, it, it, it's really putting a squeeze on us right yeah. now. So, All they- right, well, everyone stop right now. Let's do our part. Take a swig. Pass the eggnog back around. Consume the liquid. Consume <laughs> Support the your local dairy. Yeah. <laughs> pass it around. <laughs> One of the encouraging things for the consumer that they have to realize is their local milk is not going to go away. Dan Sizens is not going to go away. And one of the reasons is even if we have consolidation fewer cows because of genetics, uh, feed, and other efficiencies – we have been. We can produce more milk with way fewer cow, cows than we did 50 years ago, and I don't have the stats in my head. And if we communicate it to the consumer end, and they understand that, you know, I'm spending a little bit more, but I can get some of that back if I return the glass and recycle it. I'm supporting a local dairy and exactly. something that, uh, you know, is is right here in my backyard. There's that connection where 20 cents becomes irrelevant. Or right. whatever the price difference might be, I have no idea because I, I'm not even a price shopper. I'm a support the local shopper, and that's all I look for are these local brands that we learn here from Julie Murphy, the Arizona Farm Bureau, and special guests like Kevin Dan Zeisen. Dan Zeisen. Dan Zeisen. <laughs> yeah, ignore the E. Ignore yeah. the Dan Zeisen. <laughs> the emphasis is on Dan Zeisen. So. <laughs> More with the uh, Arizona Farm Bureau and Dan Zeisen right after this. <laughs> Eggnog is so delicious. It's so tasty. Talking about eggnog here on this Saturday morning. It's the first Saturday of the month, so we cover uh, something that's available or close to being available or in harvest through our Arizona Farm Bureau and our local farmers and ranchers. But uh, in addition to the eggnog this week, y'all just had your annual conference. Uh, This is the first one I've missed in three or four years. Always a great event. And something in particular was, what's this taste of Arizona? This is brand new. It was something that was just the brainchild of the team and... We said we need to do a taste of Arizona, and what was so cool, we tapped into all of our members, Dan Zeisen Dairy, so they provided some of the beverages. Uh, Barbara Predmore is on our board, and she does uh, wine, so she provided the wine. And uh, it was 
one of those events where we tapped into the talent and the giftings of our members and what they grow. We had Green Valley Pecans. Jay Harper was at that festival this year. Says it's phenomenal. We need to be there next week. So Yeah, uh, Sharla Mortimer with Mortimer Family Farms up north in Dewey. So it just was this natural evolution of some of the things we did. And the question we said to each other on our team, there's about 13 on our staff, is why haven't we done this before? So our plan is that we're going to be doing that on an annual basis. And it's basically the reception before the big awards event for a lot of our members where we recognize the Farmer of the Year, our service to ag person, and some of the other award winners. But we come together and we have this great fest festival, so to speak. Not festival, but... Every ingredient in these items have to be Arizona-based? Pretty much. And, and with most of this, this is going to be pretty easy to do it because, you know, Barbara Predmore's wine, Alcantara vineyards up north you know those the wine grapes she's growing and then she's producing she's bottling she's producing the wine her winemaker is and you've got green valley pecans well that family they've been here for more than two or three generations they actually have the largest irrigated pecan farm in the country and so that's a natural evolution and then of course we've got dan size and dairies so it, it was a pretty neat experience. Well, I'll and bring it to the board. If they can make an exception for one ingredient, I would start bringing boudin because as far as I know, I rice, it. we can't find anywhere to grow that in Arizona well, with the water requirements. <laughs> you, we can make exception there because our buddies in Texas and some of the other states, uh, it's a Farm Bureau state like all the states in the union. And so we, you know, we can say, hey. If I could just have my cousin send me the rice. I know you can get me connected with yeah, Louisiana, pork growers yep. here yep. Uh, and the rest of the vegetables I need to make a, a nice boudin. I, I to would add to love the, that. To the flavor. That's the one thing Let's that do it. is missing locally made is some good old boudin. Yeah. Uh, We should have been doing this a long time ago. There's some out there with some of their events and festivals that are way ahead of us on this game. But you know what? When our members come together and we decide we want to eat, we we eat well. (laughs) And we celebrate really well. Barbara gave us an entire, I want to say she gave us a case and a half. And there was nothing left except half of one bottle. Now, granted, it's there were it's about a big group. Farm Bureau is a big group. <laughs> there were about three of three hundred of us, but I, it just cracked me up. I was convinced I'd have a little bit left over. So, if Barbara is listening, I actually need a little bit more wine for uh, an event in February for our blog, our blogger event. We draw in some influencer bloggers and take them on tours of the farms, and we send them home with a bottle of wine. Am I on that list? Is it a I will include. Your mother was a couple of years ago. Get me on that list too. While yeah. you're at it. I may not be a blogger now, but I will be by then. Okay. <laughs> uh. Let's bring it back around to uh, the Dan Size and Dairy. Y'all have built out a little community center right there at your. Uh, what do you call it? A milking station? A milking site? A, our, a dam- our creamery. A our creamery. Yeah, yeah, it's our creamery. We I like to say creamery because it's all old fashioned. But uh, yeah, we have a. We hold events on Saturdays. Sometimes we have food trucks, and you know, back in the back when we first built it out, my mom and dad kind of wanted to run a restaurant, and I thought, my, I, yeah, that that sounds good to you, but who's going to have to run it? <laughs> so it. Uh, we came with another idea, just hey, you know what? Let's get a little room together, and HOAs and uh, other types of groups use it for meeting. Actually, Farm Bureau uses it. Uh, some, we for, have, yeah. 
Yeah, they use it once a month for 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 meetings and and but then the local the local community can use it for for other things too. And on Saturdays, what we do is we bring food trucks in, and then in the summertime they got a nice air conditioned room space to to eat their food. And we we try to support local uh, food vendors and stuff like that. Uh, and then we also have uh, people that uh, like home baked goods. Uh, you can look them up on Facebook. Called the company's called Bake Chemistry, and she makes the most fantastic cinnamon rolls that will just it's amazing it goes real good with a nice cold glass of milk she comes in and she makes orders to go and and she's been really successful and so we love doing that kind of stuff at our place so it's worked out real good and we and you know the new freeway is coming in right next to it like 300 yards to the west <laughs> and so uh, we're looking at doing make making it maybe even a little bigger building it out a little bit we're making some plans to to do some fun stuff. You know, one thing that we're looking at doing is when I grew up on the dairy, I loved playing in the cottonseed, a pile of cottonseed, right? And then I could play in that for hours on and, and, and make forts. And we're thinking about just putting a big old pile of cottonseed and letting kids come and play in it because that was some of the good memories I had on the dairy when I was a kid. Dan Zeisen has done a really good job of staying end to end, staying local because your dairy is not far from the urban area. Another thing I want to brag on this family is they and two other dairies have, what is it called, diversified organics, and you're composting your manure Mm -hmm. and selling that to some of our farmers. But they're going through a very sophisticated composting program. I was given the tour just a couple of weeks ago, and I was so impressed. Has it changed since you took me on that tour about three years ago? It hasn't changed a whole lot. Uh, Darren was there when you you went last, and he's a really, really good operator over there. He knows what he's doing. Uh, We're coming up with some new products there, too. Um, You know, I always say when you fly into Arizona and you look at the the color of our dirt, and especially if you fly from the Midwest, um, you you see that black dirt from the Midwest, and you fly in, and it gets lighter and lighter. And as you come Mm -hmm. into Phoenix— uh, it's really light, and we make it. We make, basically what we're making out there is black, good dirt soil out of out of a product. So right. instead of instead of you know looking at uh, the manure as as a as a product that we need to get rid of, we're trying to make a commodity out of it and making something that's useful for not only our farmers but also for overseeding. Um, uh, in the in, when the rye grass in the in the, in the in the fall time, so it works. It's it's really good product. I have not overseeded this year yet, but to keep my commitment, this will be now the third overseeding I've used and covered it with y'all's uh, uh, compost, diversified, <laughs> organics. diversified or- organic compost. It's <laughs> uh, a group of three dairies that y'all bring, you know, the manure. Yep. From the dairies, and you compost them and turn it into these usable soils. And I can't tell you how many times I've used it since you said it. And uh, gosh, I guess that was May about uh, the usefulness of a cow from one end or the other. <laughs> from one end to the other. And Darren does a really scientific job. I mean, they are monitoring every one of those windrows. Yes. Well, that's what you call it. And they've got the temperature gauges in there, and they have different stages. I was impressed. This is. You're knee deep in a lot of really good stuff over there. <laughs> the cool, the cool part about it is, you know, at the end of the process, there's there's no flies on those piles. No, at all. that's I mean, the other thing. I, it, the process really works. I bet, you know, basically what the way he, he describes it is makes real a lot of sense to me. Real simple is we're composting above when when you just apply it to ground before it's composted. It needs a 
compost in the ground before it's available to the plant. We're doing that process above ground so that when we put it on the ground, it's available to the plant right Perfect. away. And uh, if you pull it out, just when you're done, when it's done composting, it just looks like Midwest soil and it almost smells like dirt after it's done. And I told that to him, like the final stages before it's delivered to a customer it doesn't smell like manure. It sm- smells like compost. It smells like dirt. Like almost. dirt, yeah. yeah. Good, earthy dirt. Yeah, my dad likes to say that all the time from one end or the other. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a it's a great statement. It's, it, it's one of those that just stick in your mind, and it's true. And In addition to topsoil, are there other uses for this compost? I mean, you can use it for every application that you could use for composting. Yeah, a lot of people use it for their flowers and stuff in the springtime, especially that's a big use in the springtime with new plants or flower beds. But yeah, like I said, the big part, the big thing for homeowners is for overseeding uh, in the fall. It just works fantastic, way better than than synthetic or or other types because it also loosens up the soil and it retains the water. So uh, it, it, it it you don't have to use as much water throughout the whole year when you use that for for reseeding and it just enhances year over year when you continue to use that reseeding that's right it, it replenishes the soil what's the distribution for this product is it dan heisen duty is it dan <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we don't have huge we, we just have a small bagger at, at the creamery store here in levine but you know it will be easier to get uh to get there once that freeway is done we we, we will look at getting bigger distribution on that product we just haven't we've been focused on the glass bottle milk mm-hmm. well and as the demand for the milk increases the de- you know, that increases the need for additional cows and additional cows will produce additional product <laughs> that's and right you'll need to enhance your distribution <laughs> to move it <laughs> yeah no it's it's a real fun industry you know i one cool thing about uh what we've been able to do with the glass bottles and everything i tell us all the time back when we're just on the farm selling selling the uh, products uh, or just selling the milk to to, to the co-op and, and big big truckloads every day. I didn't get to meet the people that I get to meet now, and uh, that's the, one of the real blessings that our family. Get. My mom, if you go to the creamery store in the, on a Saturday afternoon, my mom and dad are usually in there talking to people about dairy and what we do and what the what Arizona so Ag cool. is all about. And um, we've and been you able have to precious meet, parents. We've good people. Yeah, they are. They're getting smarter though. They get in a motorhome sometimes and get out of here when it's 110 <laughs> degrees. So you got to leave get you behind. That. But uh, that's my that's my uh, that's my spiel. I, I really do really appreciate all the people in Phoenix that I've been able to meet and 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 get to know. How many workers do you have to make that eggnog and all the other milk? So right now we actually we we employ about 15 on the farm, and uh, I think there's 40 in the creamery and with truck drivers and. And all that kind Does of. Does that stuff. include wow. the cows? No, oh. we have about fifteen hundred cows. Um, okay. And yeah. And you also still provide milk to UDA, our uh, co-op, the United Dairymen. So what's it? Can I ask what the percentage split between what goes to the creamery and actually coming out your special flavored milk? Yeah, right now it's only about twenty five percent goes to our creamery. UDA has been a big partner of ours. Um, Really, that's a group of all the red, us, the other dairy farmers in the state, and they've been a, they take a, the other seventy five percent, and it gets used to 
make cheese, whatever. And we want to give them props because they are really, it's really a neat co-op. It's comprised of all of our dairy farmers here in Arizona. So that's an, another way to look at how local our da- our milk is. Yeah, most milk in the store is is real like the the store brands and all that. That's that's all from Arizona farms for right. the most part. I mean, some of the the organic stuff is all out of state. Um, besides, with Shamrock. the exception of Shamrock, Shamrock's right. organic, but lo- most of the other specialty product that you see on the shelf is all mostly from out of state. But ours is considered specialty, so we'll be the specialty local. Uh, local. Final segment with the Arizona Farm Bureau and Dan Size and Dairy. Right after this. In our final segment here at Rosie on the House, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years in the 8 o'clock hour, the Outdoor Living Hour, first Saturday of the month. We're joined with the Arizona Farm Bureau, Julie Murphy, spokeswoman. We appreciate you always being here with us. And your special guest you bring this Saturday, Kevin Danzeisen of Danzeisen Dairy. And I never want to pit farmer against farmer, dairy against dairy. Uh, but I, I, there, I heard a theory from an old dairyman, Bill Kerr, of Kerr's Dairy, that uh, I need proved or disproved. And it was a point he made at the... Farm Bureau Convention last year in Mesa that, you know, all the silliness about skim milk and 2% being uh, reducing your calories and your fat intake, he said, well, maybe if all you do in the morning is drink milk, that could be applied. But if you have milk and bacon and eggs and fruit, so you'll eat more of those other foods if you're drinking skim milk because whole milk will make your brain think you're fuller faster and the reduction of food you're eating then produces less calorie intake strange myth around whole milk only relevant if all you drink every morning is milk yeah yeah good point is, is that so, true Kevin, or, what do you think well i i mean i it makes a lot of sense doesn't it i think it makes a lot of sense but one thing i i, I do know is that as a as a family as our, my, my mom has always said let's get back to the basics, the simple, the simple ingredients. The simpler the ingredients are, the better it is. Um, like if you look at uh, our product, milk. Uh, the one ingredient is milk. If you look at like an almond juice or whatever you want to call it, milk. They call it milk, but there's a list fifteen deep, right? So I think the simpler we can get uh, ingredient, the better it is. And and fat's a simple ingredient. You know, animal fat, milk fat. Uh, that's a simple ingredient. Our body can handle it. And it's a natural occurring ingredient that just is a – it wouldn't be there if our bodies didn't need it. Exactly. And, and it's a great source of, of, of energy. I mean, that's what people have been consuming for thousands of years, right? The Arizona Farm Bureau Council is the same thing, especially when we do our quarterly market basket, the Thanksgiving basket. And we just basically counsel our family, Arizona families, stick with the basics, shop the aisle. Shop the outer parts of the store. Do your fruits and vegetables, your uh, meats, your eggs. The basic products, the basic things that work. Are there, There's studies now that have come out that animal fat is actually healthy for you. Everything's in balance. We in America have a tendency to overdo. <laughs> My uh, eyes always tell me I need to eat a little bit more because our food is so wonderful. But half the times we just need to stick to the basic and watch our calories and watch our portions and you can find all these things we're talking about and connecting locally to your local farmers market and or direct to farmer uh, or direct to market farmers uh fill your fill plate, your plate. Mm-hmm. fill your plate.org it's uh free it's for we d- designed it specifically for arizona families 
It probably has one of the broadest and most comprehensive lists of our farmers' markets, for example, but you can also go online, and if you even search for milk, you can find Dan Zizens. So we have a lot of our families that sell direct, and this is one of those instances where you can look for the product. Now, you also can possibly order via the web, or it will list the stores that it can be found at. And we also have a blog. We post three times a week, and we're actually leaning on ASU. And this just this year, U of A students have started, U of A and ASU nutrition students have started uh, contributing articles to our blogs that are posted three times a week. Yeah, at com too, there's a, yes. uh, a store, store locator that shows a map, and you can get It's easy to find those are products right there on the danzeisendairy.com. There's a lot of fun information on there, too. I've gone and more than once. on that website, could I find the answer to this question? Julie, you'd mentioned all in moderation. And, and Grandma got run over by a reindeer. She was drinking <laughs> too much eggnog. How much is too much eggnog? <laughs> <laughs> well, too much eggnog to me is a lot different than too much to my 8-year-old. So uh, I see I see he, he likes a peppermint. He'll be walking a little bit sideways down the hallway a little bit quicker than I will. And I insist that we can fudge a little bit on Christmas, including getting Christmas fudge. So That's why we had our guest last hour talking about hiking trails throughout Arizona. It's a great climate for walking and exploring Arizona. And next hour, uh, one of the things I love about the Farm Bureau is there's – so many generations of history with every one of the guests you've brought in. Uh, uh, farming isn't something that a lot of people in today's age just go out and start breaking into. They are farmers or ranchers or dairymen because that's the family trade. So we've got generations of history. Well, our guest next hour will be talking about the homes that were built and still in existence from the time a lot of these families came and started settling Arizona. So we're going to go into a preservation hour mm-hmm covering homes, particularly in the Prescott market, because it is the Arizona Christmas weekend. We kick off with the parade here in a couple hours, followed by the courthouse lighting at six. And throughout that entire courthouse square, not only the square itself, but the homes that surround it, many of them are on the historic registry. So we'll talk about things that you can walk around and see in Prescott that, you know, date back 100 years in time and 100 plus years in time. Uh, when so, it was just agriculture. When it, when it, <laughs> that's all there was. <laughs> yeah, that's agriculture all there was. And, uh, ranching, cattle ranching was a big part of farming, that. Farming, yep. Isn't Arizona a cool state? I, oh, mean, I love it. You go, you go to Kansas, and the one side of the state's the same as the other side of the state, and you come to Arizona, and you go to the south, and it's totally different than Flagstaff. This is a great, great state. It is a great state, and we appreciate y'all's time this Saturday morning. Our mission to be every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Dan Heisen Dairy and Eggnog available in just about every local store. Pretty much. Every you, grocery store. you buy milk. Mm-hmm. Look for the glass bottle. And on your eggnog, you've got these nice little tags for us. But if it's a milk or a half and half product, make sure you read the top and know what product you're getting. Because on the front, it's all Dan Heisen Dairy and very nicely branded. But you got to look at the top to make sure you know what product you're getting all the eggnogs are silver cap azfarmbureau.org feelyourplate.org to find local farmer and ranch agricultural products at a farm store location near you thank you